Good moment, America. How are you? My name is Terry. This is the Terry Wilkerson Show, and we have this week off. My lovely fiance and I are away for the weekend, celebrating eight years together. So, to kind of celebrate another anniversary, I figured I would use this opportunity to re-upload episodes one and two of my original podcast, The Major Malfunction, with Terry Wilkerson, which the name itself was kind of a double-edged sword. It was me trying to explore the major malfunction that everybody in this world had, and at the same time, the major malfunction that I had. So it was the major malfunction with Terry Wilkerson. Now, I do have to let you know ahead of time, these first two episodes, uh, the first one was about uh, 10 to 12 minutes, the second one was around 15 minutes, so they're both going to be uploaded. And since this is audio only, we weren't doing a video podcast back then, the the video version of this, if you watch on Odyssey or Rumble, is going to be just basically a half hour, 40 minutes of my face. But you're going to get the audio. And the thing to remember with the audio is the original podcast was done in our living room with my cell phone. I believe at the time when I first did my first episode in August of 2019... It would have probably been my LG Stylo 3, if I remember correctly, and a pair of iPhone headphones. That was my entire studio, a a huge, um, a very small beginning compared to where I'm at now with this little mini studio that I've created in our office high above the headquarters of TerryWilkerson.com in 1975 Productions, high above, you know, second floor of the house we live in. So please enjoy these first two episodes of the Major Malfunction with Terry Wilkerson podcast. And we will be back next week with a brand new show. I hope you guys all enjoy your week, your Wilkerson-less weekend. And I know we're going to enjoy ourselves. And when I come back, we might have some stories for you. And I might be able to tell you a little bit about um, what's going on in the world from my own perspective And hopefully I'm going to have an opportunity to reset. Hopefully we both have an opportunity to reset and uh, kind of come back with a clear head. And we'll see you next week. And until we do, have a great. Hello and welcome to the Major Malfunction Podcast, where a normal man takes a look at an abnormal world. I'm your host, Terry Wilkerson. Most people just call me Terry. Uh, this podcast is actually my way of uh, dealing with this world in which we live and, and a way for me to vent about the things that piss me off, the things that I find wrong in this world. I mean, ask anyone who knows me. I'm a man of very strong opinions, and uh, I'm fairly certain that my lovely fiance, uh, my friends, my family, random strangers, uh, my Twitter, I'm, t- I'm sure they're all tired of hearing about it. So I've decided to come here into the pod sphere if that's even really a word. And, I don't know, maybe this will help me get the therapy that I so clearly need. So, we're going to start out this podcast with a very safe topic, kind of a softball topic. Uh, Nothing's going to be too controversial, I would like to think. But it's still a little thing going on in the world that pisses me off. So, the whole idea... Behind all this is I'm going to pick something, like I said, that pisses me off. And basically, I'm going to look at that section of society, that section of the world, and ask a simple question. What is your major malfunction? 
So today we're going to start off with asking the British secondary school system about this rumor that they're going to remove analog clocks from the schoolrooms. You know, analog clock, big hand, small hand, tick, tick, tick. Yeah, they're talking about removing them from the schoolrooms, or at least that's the rumor. We're going to dive into that in just a second. So, British secondary school system, school kids in England, what is your major malfunction? Okay, so all of this started as a newspaper report back in March of last year. Um, rumor was circulating that the British secondary school system, which is equivalent to our middle school system, was considering in some classrooms removing analog clocks from the wall. Uh, the original that I read was that these clocks were quote-unquote distracting to the children, which I can kind of understand because I know when I was in school, I was always looking at the clock, you know, just hoping that that second hand would move a little bit faster. But uh, no, that that's that's not what's going on. Um, I, I feel the need to start off by saying here that this story has been corroborated as true as recently as um, March of last year by the CBS3 Philadelphia news website. Um, Snopes, by the way, which is, is a great fact-checking website in terms of is that rumor true or false without any real in-depth information. Snopes is really good for that. They reported it as mostly false. However, the London Telegraph, which I would think a newspaper website in London would be pretty up-to-date on what's going on in the British school system, as recently as May of this year, the London Telegraph reported that this was, in fact, true. The reason, apparently, that there's this discussion of removing clocks from the wall, the analog clocks from the wall, is that these kids don't know how to read them, which means that these kids don't know how to read a clock. They're sitting there trying to find out how much time is left in an exam, and they look at a clock where the little handle be on the 11, the big hand will be on the three, and they don't know what time it is. Well, that's 11.15, or 11.15 if you're using the 24-hour clock. Yes, this bothers the shit out of me. Because it's a clock. I can't think of anything more simple than learning how to read a clock. This is something, according to Every child development expert that I have done research on, and yes, I actually did research on this one, at the age of six, at maximum, a child should be able to tell time according to an analog clock. I come from probably the last generation that had recess, that had uh, gym, that had shop class, that had... Um, <laughs> Well, I don't even know where to go with this because apparently they don't even teach home economics anymore. They don't teach things like electronics class, even though everything is friggin' electronic now. They don't teach that either. Um, so apparently I'm the last generation that had that form of school. And, and, and I know, I know, schools were designed to teach kids to operate in a uniform fashion for work on the farms and for work in the factories. I get our school system is, is, is outdated. Our education system 
is completely outdated. Our education system has just hit rock freaking bottom. I get that. I'm going to address that down the road. No fear. But there are certain things here that you need to bear in mind. Our kids are going to school. We're paying teachers to educate our children, apparently in Common Core. Again, whole nother topic. But it's a clock. Twelve numbers. One big hand, one little hand, one second hand. Now, the whole thing here, and I didn't even need to look this up. I already knew this, but I was looking for reasons. Everything is friggin' digital nowadays. You know, everybody's got an iPhone or an Android or I'm sure somebody out there still has a BlackBerry, right? Someone? Anyone? Anyway. Everything's digital. You have your smartwatch. You have your smartphone. Apparently there's smart rings out there now. I'm not even getting into that. Um, your Amazon voice-activated device, which I have one sitting about three feet away and don't want to say its name because it'll never shut up. We have all of these different methods of telling us time. And by the way, let's bear in mind, anybody in my generation, you know who you are. Remember the blinking clock on the VCR? Always said 12 o'clock, no matter what. But it was digital. That's why we had to know how to read a clock. Because our goddamn VCR clocks always blink 12 o'clock. I still use a digital alarm clock next to my bed, by the way. I stopped using the alarm on my phone quite a while ago. So, these kids don't know how much longer is left in an exam because they spend too much time, they, they look up at the clock and they're spending way too much time trying to figure it out. This is not a difficult thing to explain. As a matter of fact, I think it can be explained in under a minute here. You have a small hand which tells you the hour, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 hours on the clock. And if the sun's out, then you know it's morning. If the sun is not out, then you know it's night, or, or at least it's... Like that anywhere except Alaska. The long hand gives you the minutes. And simply multiply by five. Hey, it's on the one, so that's five. It's on the four, so that's 20. We're still teaching multiplication, right? I mean, I don't know. Did Common Core get rid of that? Do we not multiply things anymore? So actually learning to read the clock is a kind of a, uh, a double educational tool. Learning how to read the clock and doing multiplication. How fun is that? I think it's fun. The point being, this is just a sign of laziness in society in general. It's a sign of laziness in the education system. It's a sign of laziness on the part of kids who, come on, you don't want to learn how to read a clock properly? That's laziness. But worst of all, it's a sign of laziness among parents. How does your friggin' child leave the house for the first day of preschool? without knowing how to read a clock. Number one, there, there's a, a safety issue involved in there. If the only thing sitting around is, is an analog clock, your child doesn't know what time it is, so he doesn't know whether or not, uh, whether it's going to be an hour until you come to get him or whether it's going to be six hours. This is just basics. This is the most simplistic, bottom-of-the-barrel educational concept there is. Learn how to read a friggin' clock. Okay? Teach your kids how to read a friggin' clock. And by the way, just so you guys know, I wanted it to be a little bit more structured than this. I didn't want it to be what my fiancé and my former co-workers all call a tarant, but it turned into one. Because I'm staring at a clock talking about this, and I just get 
angrier and angrier every goddamn second because it's a freaking clock. Seriously. What's next? You have to teach somebody how to drink a glass of water? Anyway, let me also put this out there. And I'm sure some of the listeners know. I'm sure some of you don't. You're about to find something out. Did you know that an analog watch or a clock, if you're Flavor Flav, can be used in both the Northern and Southern Hemispheres as a compass? That's right. You can look it up. Okay, sorry about that. If you guys heard that little glass breaking at the end, uh, nobody tried to break into my house. I didn't blow the place up or anything. That's actually my ringtone. Uh, I was getting a call from my lovely fiance. And my ringtone is, of course, the entrance music of the bionic redneck, the Texas rattlesnake himself, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, you just found out I'm a wrestling fan. Not a big shock. But I, I was talking about the fact that an analog clock or an analog watch can be used as a compass. And it's an interesting little um, multitasker. So there's there's another one. Your damn digital clock can't do that. So anyway, I kind of lost my momentum, kind of lost my steam, but I wanted to kind of do this whole thing, you know, off the cuff. My point being... Teach your damn kids how to read a damn clock. It's not really that difficult. It takes under a minute to teach them. And like I said, it teaches you, teaches them multiplication skills along the way. Please, please, let's not get this damn lazy. We're already in a society where we have to have somebody go and pick up our friggin' McDonald's and deliver it to us. Let's not get to the point where regular old-fashioned clocks are gone. As I don't know about you, but to me there's something soothing about the ticking of a clock. There's something urgent about the ticking of a clock. A clock kind of makes you not necessarily panic. That's not the word. A clock makes you realize that time is real. And time is running down. Every minute of every day. Like analog clocks just instill this this sense of urgency in us. And that's kind of cool to me. Plus, who the hell ever heard of a digital grandfather clock? I mean, what's next? Are they going to replace Big Ben? Is that Are they taking off, you know, the analog display and putting up a big digital display? Didn't I see that in Futurama? Anyway... Um, that's my thing on clocks. That's what's, that's not the only thing that's pissing me off today, but that's what's pissing me off to start with. So that's it. That's, you know, my first episode here. Uh, won't lie to you guys. I'm kind of nervous about posting this. Um, well, if you happen to listen to it and if you're listening to my voice, then obviously you've listened to it. Uh, hope you guys like it. going to try to keep doing this. It might just, like I said, be the therapy that I need. Uh, and um, we're going to try and you know keep this going. By we, I mean me, because I am flying solo on this. Uh, by the way, you know, you guys, uh, you, you heard me make the comment about Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme music. The other thing that's pissing me off, Vince McMahon is letting NXT move to Wednesday nights on the USA Network, a two-hour live show. 
It's their goddamn developmental brand, and he's trying to operate it as a third brand, which means, you know, every single thing that goes on in that show, Vince McMahon is going to have to have a hand in. Let Triple H run the damn show. Same thing with Raw and SmackDown. Let Eric Bischoff, let Paul Heyman run the damn show. Pointless rant if you're not a wrestling fan, but sorry, that's another thing that's pissing me off right now. Uh, We're going to be back as soon as we can with another one of these. Going to go ahead and get this thing uploaded. Try to get this ball rolling. So, to everybody out there who's listening, thank you very much. To those of you who are pissing me off, what is your major malfunction? Good moment, everybody, and welcome to the Major Malfunction Podcast. I am your host, Terry Wilkerson. People just call me Terry. Here at Major Malfunction, I take a look at the things in this world, sometimes small and sometimes big, that just get on my nerves. So thank you for joining me here on the show where a normal man takes a look at an abnormal world. Welcome to episode number two of Major Malfunction Podcast. I want to start out this week by thanking everybody who paid uh, who paid attention to me the first time around, everybody who listened to the first episode. Uh, thank everybody very much. Two people very specifically. I want to thank uh, my old buddy Enrique up in Reading for being my very first listener. Thanks a lot, brother. You're going to go down in history. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Daniel Ryan for being my very first subscriber. Uh, never thought it would mean as much to me as it did when I got that notification that I had a subscriber. So thank you very much. Thank you both very much. Um, thanks to, of course, my lovely fiance for backing me on this project. And uh, to everybody, to all the friends, the family, and to the people I've never met who have listened to this show uh you guys, it, it means the world to me. Thank you very much. Um, I, I'm I'm happy you're with me on this ride, and we're going to try to keep this going. You know, keep this train moving. Um, also, great news, by the way. I am now on Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, uh, Radio Public, and Breaker. Um, I've actually used Google Pocket Casts and Radio Public. I never heard of Breaker until I got the notification that I was on their platform. So, hey, Breaker, uh, thank you very much. Uh, sorry I never heard of you guys, but, you know, let's take this ride together. Um, and we should actually be on Spotify and iTunes very soon, just waiting on notification that I've been moved over to that platform. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that, that's the, uh, the awkward thank you to everybody who was there at the beginning for me. Just remember that you guys were there at the beginning, and I thank each and every one of you for it. Uh, I think I, I say I think I've said thank you enough for the rest of the year. So here we go. Uh, today, episode two is a topic that's a little less innocuous than last week. Today, we're going to be talking about well, it's not as much talking as it's me just telling people get off your goddamn phone. Okay, so here we go. Look, um, the smartphone market really began, I guess it was back in 2009 when Apple uh, launched the iPhone. I vaguely remember uh, when the iPhone came out, uh, <clears> there <throat> was a lot going on in my family situation, so I didn't have an opportunity really to pay attention to the technology sector as much as I wanted to. So I, I was peripherally aware of the launch of the uh, the iPhone and then the Android competition that followed it soon afterwards. Um, so I guess, you know, 2009. We're just going to use that as a starting point. Uh, you know, if you look what was going on in the world, Barack Obama had just become president. Uh, 
it, it was the late 2000s. It was the early 2010s. It was just a, a strange overall transition from the uber-patriotism that we felt in this country in the early 2000s to kind of a more cynical, self-absorbed society, which, again, is what the late 2000s, early 2010s became. And smart devices, smartphones, were probably indicative of the shift in that culture where it became more uh, about isolating ourselves by being more accessible on a broader scale, if that makes any sense to you. Basically being able to, we, we had Blackberries obviously up until then, PDAs, things like that, but now all of a sudden, not only could we get our email on that small device, which again, Blackberry, PDA, but all of a sudden now texts and soon uh, that AOL instant messenger system was soon to be modified and added to this little device in your hand. So the, the connectivity became a lot more of a thing. And realistically, I think around this time, as I said, the connectivity, the way that we brought everybody together started to isolate people. Because you didn't need to leave the house. You didn't need to go meet a buddy for a coffee or for a beer. You didn't need to go out and, you know, spend a night out with your friends. Suddenly these smart devices, and then when they became internet capable and all of a sudden you could go on Facebook, which kind of blew up around the same time from this little device in your hand, obviously the, the ability to communicate wirelessly kind of began shutting down the the prevalence of person-to-person -person communication. And bear in mind, as I've been perfectly honest here, I have a smartphone, I have, you know, a laptop sitting in front of me right now, two different tablets. I am just about as connected as a reasonable person should be. Um, what I've constantly heard is high-tech redneck, and, and I think that's pretty safe um, uh, explanation of where I am as far as technology goes. And I just, as much as I, I like the ability to communicate wirelessly through these little devices, the, you know, before I get into the statistics and before I keep rambling like this, there was a comment that I read a few years back, and I, I cannot honestly remember the source, guys, and it, it kills me that I can't. But there was a comment made. The question was, if somebody came forward in time from 1900, and you could explain one thing to them, you had time to explain one thing, what would it be? And the answer was, in my pocket is a device that is capable of accessing the entire knowledge bank of human history, everything we have ever learned, it is capable of communicating instantly to people all around the globe. And I mostly use it for funny pictures of cats. I think that pretty much sums up uh, the origin of the cell phone. I think it pretty much sums up the, 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 uh, the germination of what became the cell phone culture. And what has that culture brought us to? Where are we now with it? Well, let's look at some statistics here at Major Malfunction. I don't just go off on a rant. 
yes, I do. But that will come in time. I do like to bring up some facts, some truths about what's going on in the world to lead into my feelings of it. So, when I sit here and say, hey, ladies and gentlemen, people of the world, get off your goddamn phone, here's a couple of statistics to back up my idea that maybe you should just get off your goddamn phone. Okay. And uh, these are uh, Bureau of Statistics reports that I have found here. Number one, the average smartphone user checks their device 47 times a day. 47 times a day. Now, bear in mind, there's 24 hours in a day. So that's roughly twice an hour if you were awake or you know, awake for 24 hours, not at work, not sleeping, not in the bathroom. Well, of course, everybody checks their cell phone in the bathroom. But think about that. 47 times a day. Nearly twice an hour. That's 17,155 times a year. This is, again, average. 85% um, of smartphone users check their device while talking to friends and family. I believe this statistic also correlates to watching television, watching a movie, or even listening to a podcast, which means I know somebody out there right now is listening to this while checking Facebook. The average time spent on a smartphone is 171 minutes a day, or two hours and 51 minutes. I think, I, honestly, I think that's kind of low from what I've seen. The average time spent on a combination of smartphone and tablets, you know, all devices, is 261 minutes a day, or four hours and 33 minutes. Uh, I read a lot on my tablet nowadays, so this statistic really kind of uh, hits home with me. Here's another good one. The top five social media apps, uh, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Twitter, and um, I honestly forget what the fifth one is off the top of my head. The average time spent on the top five social media apps, not websites, apps, is 76 minutes a day. Again, I feel that's kind of low, but hey, these are statistics from this year. Uh, here's one, you know, for a culture that supposedly has no physical activity anymore. The average user will tap, swipe, or click their phone 2,617 times a day. That's exercise, right? I mean, it counts, right? No? No? Okay. Well, whatever. Um, and here, okay. People who know me know that I have a tendency to crack on millennials, and I guess there are times where I take it a little too far. But facts bear out. Look, the 18 to 29-year-old demographic, which is millennials, period, uh, there was a survey. 22% of those surveyed said they checked their phone every few minutes. 51% admitted to checking their phone a few times an hour. You have to go back and bear in mind that we're talking about a society where we should be asleep eight hours a day and at work roughly eight hours a day. 16 hours, leaving 8 hours left in the day. So, do the math. It just, it's startling. And here's the thing. I'm guilty of it. If I'm waiting for an email, or if I'm waiting for a text, or if I'm waiting for something to come through uh, regarding Amazon, or even now with the podcast, I have to check into my distribution status, I have to check my analytics every once in a while. So, I do the same thing. But I'm not on, say, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, WhatsApp. Uh, I've, I've honestly never even downloaded WhatsApp. I think it's 
their version of, of Messenger, I think. I don't know. Uh, so I'm guilty of it as well. But, man, these, these statistics just, uh, just blow me away. And then I came across, I stumbled across this one. In 2012, the University of Essex, which is in England, for those of you from Delco, ran a study that found that the ownership of a cell phone, of a smartphone, I believe the, uh, this is 2012, so it's specifically a cell phone, uh, made a person less relatable and perceived as being more negative than people without them. Again, this is 2012, which is right around the time that I got my first smartphone, uh, the HTC Evo 2. And I remember that phone like it was yesterday. I think it was like a brick. Uh, and not like the brick phones. I mean, this thing was heavy. But, and it's almost as though that's flip-flopped over the years. The few times you come across a person without a smartphone, people give them the side eye. It's almost like, what do you, what do you mean you don't have a smartphone? You don't have an iPhone? You don't have an Android? You have a flip phone? What? Why? People just, it's, the culture has shifted that much. And, um, I mean, here we are, you know, those are, those are some of our statistics. Um, and we all know we have two major smartphone companies out there, Apple and Android. Well, not companies, operating systems, Apple and Android. And I am an Android guy. I've made that clear. I don't like Apple. I'm, I'm old, old enough to say that I don't play with toys anymore. And to me, that's what an iPhone is. It, it's a toy. But hey, you know, you're, you're entitled to whatever you want. If you want to purchase all Apple products, I know people who do, very intelligent people who have all Apple products, and that's fine. That's their personality. Personally, I like Android because I look at it as my phone. I'm going to do with it whatever I want. Customization, not available on Apple. That is available on Android. But six and one half dozen in the other in terms of your favorite. The bottom line here is exactly this. The two major platforms, this is a war of sorts between Apple and Android. And, <laughs> you know, we kind of got to be careful because there are a lot of people who are adamant about their choices, adamant about their beliefs, whether Android or uh, iPhone is the superior product. And I have heard third hand, let's just say, of actual physical fistfights over Android versus Apple. And by the way, I'm going to wrap this segment up here in just a second, but the brand new iPhone comes out or the brand new Galaxy comes out or what have you, you walk past the store that sells them five o'clock in the morning, there's a line coming around, you know, the, the building to get in to buy the new iPhone. Is it because we're told we should want it or because we actually do? And this, by the way, this is coming from a guy who stood in a three and a half hour line for the Phantom Menace, okay? But are we being told we want these? Does society just kind of manipulate our thoughts that we want these? Or is that just where we are as a people? Are, are we just there as a society that, oh, well, I want the new iPhone. Yeah, I know. You guys heard that. Again, phone rang. Uh, 
That is the problem with doing a podcast in a very unprofessional way. My studio at this point is, um, well, my living room chair. So things like this are going to happen. But that's part of the charm of doing this type of podcast is anything can happen. So at any rate, I'm just going to wrap that particular part up. We have our statistics. We have our question about whether or not we instinctively want these phones or whether it's simply a matter of advertising. And quite honestly, I I think the advertising just gotten that good. But the advertising, the desire to have these phones, that has led us into a problem. And the problem is people always being on their goddamn phones. And that takes me to my opinion of this whole matter, which is simply, look, like I keep saying, get off your goddamn phone. You're just being flat out rude. You're just being annoying to people. You're standing at the crosswalk. You don't need to update your goddamn Facebook status while you're standing at the corner of 13th and Chestnut. Okay, nothing you could possibly be doing unless you just hit the lottery or unless, you know, you just met some celebrity that's actually relevant. I'm not talking about a Kardashian or anybody. Nobody cares if you're capturing something that is news, that is a, a, a life-altering moment. That's one thing. But just simply status update at the corner of 13th and Chestnut. Dude, come on. That's just ridiculous. Same thing with, oh, I just took a a selfie in front of a fountain in, you know, Chicago. I'm going to post it right away to Instagram. Okay, fine. How about you go sit down so I could take my picture in front of the fountain, perhaps with my family, perhaps with my friends, you know, so I can actually have, you know, enjoy a little bit of this, you know, scenic moment. Go sit down. Find a bench to do your Instagram upload. Don't just stand there and stare at it and go, okay. It's common courtesy and it's common decency that's just shocked to shit. Thanks to the prevalence of cell phones everywhere. And it is, the vast majority of the problem is the goddamn social media. And I realize I use social media. Yes, I do. I have several Twitters. You'll never know which one's the real me. I have an Instagram, I have a Facebook. None of these, by the way, are on my phone. The only social media that I have on my phone is uh, Reddit and Pinterest. Don't judge me. Pinterest is actually cool. And I'm not going to sit there and update, I'm not going to take a picture of, you know, some bird flying and then, ooh, let me pin it right away. No. I'll do it for fish once in a while, I admit that. I've, you know, posted a picture of a fish that I caught. But that's neither here nor there. So, people who are out, you know, walking down the street. Like I said, walking down the street, kind of stop at the corner and, you know, update my status or take a picture. Or Here's the other thing. Guys, in this day and age, there is no goddamn reason that you should have to touch your phone. There's these things called Bluetooths. They've been around for quite a long time. Matter of fact, I believe the... uh, uh, the long-standing report is that Hedy Lamar, you know, the actress from about 70 years ago, was involved in the creation of Bluetooth technology. So they've been around for quite a while. 
There's headphones. There's lots of ways. You don't need to have the phone in your hand. If you have the phone in your hand, what that tells me is you're scrolling through Facebook, you're scrolling through Instagram, you're scrolling through Twitter, and if you're scrolling through Twitter while walking down the street at 3 o'clock in the morning, there is something seriously wrong with you. If you're on a call, use one of those aforementioned devices, the Bluetooth or the headphones. I mean, they're everywhere now. Five Below sells them. You know, Target, Walmart, everybody sells headphones. Everybody sells Bluetooth. Not very difficult. And they're not hard to use. That's the thing. Very easy interaction, especially with the headphones. Plug them in, put them in your ear. Derp, 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 you're done. And if you're going to do that, by the way, keep your goddamn voice down. I'm on a train. I'm on the subway, what my lovely fiancé refers to as an L, but it's not elevated. I'm on the subway a couple of weeks ago, and there's a woman with iPhone headphones in having a conversation at the decibel level that would rival the space shuttle taking off. Okay? The whole goddamn universe doesn't need to hear your conversation. We don't need to know what size diaper your nephew wears or, you know, how you plan to go to Popeye's for dinner. I don't care. Unless I'm the owner of the Popeye's, at which point, all right, fine. But still. And everybody just gets on this kick. They're going to talk as loud as they want to on their phone, and I realize I'm being loud right now, but I'm all on my own. I'm, I'm sitting by myself. I'm not in a public spot. I'm not sitting at a McDonald's, you know, talking at volume 46. You know, when your voice is so loud that Jimi Hendrix would go deaf, we've got a problem, folks. So I know you're not, you're not getting me off the tro- uh, off t- topic here. I know you're not talking to, you know, to your wife or your brother or daughter or spouse. You're not talking to family or friends. If you're just walking down the street scrolling, why the hell are you scrolling? Why am I seeing your thumb move up and down while you're standing at a red light? More importantly, why am I seeing your thumb moving up and down when you're sitting at a red light while driving? I am a firm believer that in this country, driving should be considered a right, not a privilege. Because the ability to get back and forth everywhere is absolutely key to, you know, living in especially the United States of America. Because of how car-centric and how travel-centric our society is. So driving should be a right. However, with rights, sometimes comes an obligation. And your one obligation should be, in this situation, put the goddamn phone down! You're not only endangering everybody's lives by sitting there scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or or the news or whatever it is you're looking up while you're sitting at the red light. You're not only endangering people's lives, you're being a rude asshole. Because now you're not paying attention to the light. Now you're going to sit there for an additional three to five seconds. And by the way... Statistics show that the the average length of an average red light in the United States, or I should say green light, an average of eight cars should be able to get through any average green light. Yes, that, that actually comes from a statistics, uh, uh, Bureau of Statistics report. When you got some asshole sitting there scrolling through his phone, you're going to lose another three to five seconds. So now that eight second or, or eight cars gets narrowed down to four. 
And if there's another asshole in line doing the same thing, now what? Two cars get through a green light? Now you're propagating road rage. And believe me, I, I understand road rage when I look over and I see some asshole scrolling on his phone. That same trip, by the way, where I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, where I was in the city and saw yeah, a woman speaking at incredibly high volume on her phone on the subway, I was actually heading toward, I believe it's Liberty Place, and was standing behind a guy, standing at a crosswalk, he was getting ready to, uh, well, he should have been getting ready to go across, but he was just standing there on his phone, scrolling through a porn site, in public, standing on the sidewalk. I think it's getting a little ridiculous now. If you're at a concert, put down the goddamn phone and enjoy the show. If you're at a movie, put down the goddamn phone and enjoy the show. You can give your rating on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes when you're in the bathroom afterwards taking a piss. You don't need to break down every single scene as it goes and report it in a live stream on Twitter. Okay? Put the fucking phone down and enjoy your life. If you're, I said this earlier, if you're in the midst of a major event, if you're capturing something that's historical and it's happening as it's happening, then, then yeah, I can understand that. But, oh, sitting at Spider-Man 2, don't like the costumes. That's, that's really why your bright-ass phone is going to disrupt the entire row around you because you need to bitch about Peter Parker's outfit. You know, we are so interconnected, we are so um, socialized nowadays in terms of social media and the World Wide Web and the interconnectedness that somehow we've got it in our heads that we matter maybe a little bit more than we do. Everybody does matter to somebody. I'm not saying all people or any people are worthless. I've called people worthless, not going to lie. I, I have called people worthless pieces of shit. I have said some horrible things to people. But at the end of the day, all people matter to somebody. You matter to your mom, your dad, your family, your friends, you, you, your co-workers, your students, things like that. You matter to them. But let's be totally honest. You don't matter enough to that guy sitting behind you at the ball game to be constantly on your phone or to be scrolling through your Instagram and talking to people sitting next to you about stuff on your phone. Pick one. Either talk to the guy sitting next to you or be on your phone. Or more to the point, just keep the phone away. But you're interrupting the guy sitting behind you who doesn't care, who's not a part of your world. That's what this all comes down to, is people, when they're on their phone so much, are just being fucking rude. And it's it's a rudeness that definitely takes rude to another level. You know, there's rude of not saying, excuse me, when you burp at the table, not holding the door open for somebody. That's one type of rude. That's not possessing social graces. That's not possessing the common courtesy and common sense that, you know, the great spirit gave a goddamn rock. Not addressing that comment. Don't even try it. But then there's this level of rudeness where my device, my phone, my Instagram, my Facebook, apparently Pornhub, 
are more important to me than, you know, being courteous and a decent human being to the people around me. It, it's just ridiculous. It, it's stupid. And it's not the fault of the device. It's not the fault of the phone. The iPhone does not make you an asshole. The way you utilize it does not make you an asshole. Much like, you know, owning a gun doesn't make you uh, a mass shooter. Being an asshole who goes out and shoots a bunch of people makes you a mass shooter. So, come on. Just, you don't need to be that attached to your damn phone. Nobody does. There is a great, wonderful, beautiful world out here full of life and love and, 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 and plants and trees and sky and, and, and fishing and hunting and uh, baseball games and concerts and movies. There's a world out there. Put down the goddamn phone and live in it for once. Oh, that, that's really all we have to say to cover uh, our topic for this week. So, um, once you're done listening to this podcast on your goddamn phone, put down your goddamn phone. Thank you for joining me again. Uh, don't forget that uh, you can find my podcast on uh, this our home network here, Anchor. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Radio Republic, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, uh, Breaker Podcasts, hopefully very soon. We will have iTunes and Spotify in the family. Uh, do not forget to share, subscribe, like, and give us the five stars. The old, uh, I'm going to call it the five and subscribe. You'll help us out here. Let, let's get this. Uh, let's get this podcast rolling because everybody deserves my opinion. <laughs> have a great uh, week, and we'll see you guys next time on Major Malfunction. The Terry Wilkerson Show is produced by 1975 Podcast Productions, a division of 1028 Media. Go to www.terrywilkerson.com for more information. You can find The Terry Wilkerson Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and wherever you download your fine podcast content. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And if you're on a platform where you can do so, give us a five-star rating. That way we can tell big tech that they can shove it up their ass. And until next time, America, stay calm, have courage, and wait for signs.